Uh, I want you to get yourselves ready for a treat. Uh, we have uh, Pastor Ian and Pastor Sharon here with us this morning. Um, I can't speak highly enough of this couple. Um, they have become great friends to us and they're also great mentors and leaders and have, behind the scenes probably for most of you, uh, done amazing things to help us as a church grow and develop. And so Vicky and I in particular are eternally grateful to them both. Um, and this morning we have a, a great treat in that I, I want to introduce to you and I want you to give her a great C3 Norwood welcome. Pastor Sharon is going to preach for us this morning. Awesome. Thank you so much. Go sit down. Be seated. Thank you so much. It's so fantastic to be here. They convinced me to speak, you know, so um, <laughs> get you back later. <laughs> it's all good. I love being here and it's lovely to see you all. Is it possible just to have a little bit of house lights just so I can see the people? I know I'm messing with the lighting people, but I like to see who I'm preaching to. So um, that's very helpful to me. Thank you very much. Awesome, I can see you all. Fantastic. And there's so many new people here. It's great to see you're growing. God is in the house. And isn't this the best place to be on a Sunday morning? Who wants to be anywhere else? You know, the house of God changes you. That being here in the presence of God, surrounded by people that love him, changes you. Takes you to a new place. You know, and I don't know where I would be today if it wasn't for the house of God, because being in God's presence, knowing Jesus changed my life, and I pray that he's changing your life every day. Every day is a new day. Every day is a day of transformation, and today I want to give you some take-home um, take tools so that you can, you can grow and that you can change, because to me, coming, church is all about, coming to church is all about transformation. It's not just about... It's not about a club. It's not about coming, you know, we're known as the happy, clappy club. And uh, it's not about having a happy, clubby club, although we're going to have a good time. We absolutely have a good time. It's about transformation. We want to be changed, right? We want to be challenged. And, um, you know, that's, that's my heart for you all this morning. And I just want to thank um, Pastor Chris and Vicky for this opportunity. Um, you know, we love them heaps and... They've done an amazing job here, and I think that you'll all agree that they're amazing pastors. Yes, yeah, so let's just lift them up. And I was honestly thinking the other day, if I got to do it over, that I would love for them to be my pastors. So, um, because you know what? They're encouragers, and they're very, they've got such a pastoral heart for all of you. So, value your pastors, because you've got some good ones here, and I really mean that. And, um, you know, really value that um, because God has placed you here for a reason. So if they have something to say to you, take it on board. Listen to it because it's to your advantage that you listen to it. Now, am I reading the right? I need to keep my eye on that time. So, okay, it's all good. So apparently you are, have been going through Galatians and um, I might be a little bit ahead of where you have been. I'm going to look at Galatians 5 today. So going to help you in that today. And we're going to look at lots of scripture. So I hope that you've brought your sword this morning, which is the word of God. So has everyone got their sword? Is a very important thing because you know what? 
um, one day um, God spoke to me really clearly and he gave me this picture of myself and it was a picture of myself standing in the middle of a battle and we all know that we face a spiritual battle every day so I was in the middle of a battle and I was there in the middle of the battle and I had my sword but I had it by my side and God said to me that's not actually achieving anything it's not doing anything you actually need to learn to use your sword so this morning we're going to learn to use our sword because we are not defenseless we are not defenseless against the enemy in fact we are powerful and the enemy knows that So he wants to stop you from reading your word because he knows that that word in your life is powerful. So I encourage you right now to get hold of that word and get it in your life because it's actually going to change you this morning. So I just want to pray right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you set us free. Thank you, God, that you have given us a hope and a future. Thank you, God, for your word this morning that it is life to us. It breathes over our soul. Lord God, I pray this morning that your word goes down deep. It goes down deep into our spirits that it will grow and bring life and bring change and transformation to our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. So this is going to be a pretty practical message because I'm a pretty practical person and um, love the word of God. But I have a confession to make. It wasn't always like that. Um, I grew up in the house of God but didn't become a Christian until I was 16 years old. And I loved prayer and I loved worship. But I really struggled reading my Bible for a very long time. I struggled. I could read any other book on the planet because I really love reading. But I found it so hard to read the Bible. And... um, and one day I just said, like, God, I want to do this. You know, who knows that everything starts with a decision, a decision to want to change. So I said to God, I want to do this. Give me a desire and give me a heart to read your word. And I just kept praying that. And every time I opened the Bible, I would say, speak to me through this word. And that's how I changed. So I absolutely love now reading the Bible. It, it's life to us. Um, In being a disciple of Christ, you know, Jesus said, follow me, didn't he? He said, follow me. And that means every day is a daily walk. Every day is just putting one foot in front of the other, following Jesus one step at a time. And every moment is a a new adventure in him, isn't it? And it's just keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, one step after the other. You know, we have... um, you know, some challenges, lots of challenges in today's world, but what people believe being a Christian is about. And Christianity is not religion, is not religion. The amount of people I have come up to me saying, I'm not religious, and I say, well, actually, I'm not religious either. Um, I believe in Jesus, and that's a personal relationship. That's the difference between religion and following Jesus. So it's a daily decision to follow him, step by step to follow to follow being a disciple is being a follower of Christ we're not a disciple unless we are following after him that means we're following after him in his ways we are following after him we are looking at Jesus and we are copying him we are following him we are following his word 
So the first um, point I wanted to bring out of um, the scriptures, starting from Galatians 5.13, is for you, brethren... Actually, I'll give you a chance to find that. Galatians 5... Oh, we've got it here. Awesome. Galatians 5.13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So we have been called to freedom, freedom in Christ, which I am so grateful for because... From my background, um, I had a grew up in a Baptist church and awesome teaching and awesome word of God, but I didn't quite get the grace thing. So that was a really difficult thing for for me to get my head around. So it was very much about um, earning, you know, forever earning God's love and earning God's grace and feeling like I didn't quite ever measure up. But, you know, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And I believe that is a word for someone here today. There is no condemnation for you if you are in Christ Jesus. He has set you free. So that is the great thing, that freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ. The interesting thing about that, freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ. Have a think about that. In Christ. Christ is our boundary line. So Christ is our border. He, we keep inside of him. That's our boundary line. You know, it's a bit like colouring in between, in, in the lines. You know, he, he's our boundary line. So we have a lot of conflict out there right now with a lot of Christians saying they are Christians, but using that freedom in Christ as a licence to do whatever they want. So this is what Apostle Paul is warning us about here. He's saying, don't use that freedom. Don't use it unwisely. Don't use that freedom just to do whatever you want. It's not an excuse to just do whatever you want because in Christ we're changed, right? By the love of Christ, we're a changed person. So he's saying, don't use that freedom as an excuse. Just just do whatever. So we have freedom in Christ as you think of Christ being your boundary line. It's basically coming back to the what would Jesus do band, which I actually think was a really good reminder. What would Jesus do? I mean, half the stuff that we do right now, we probably wouldn't do if we go, if Jesus was sitting next to me right now, would I do that? Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. But the thing is, we carry the Holy Spirit around with us everywhere we go so we carry his presence so we need to remember that the holy spirit is is with us so we have freedom in christ in him and we have been given that freedom so we have we've been set free from the law we've been set free from religion we've been set free from that amen to that because what can religion achieve nothing nothing because freedom in christ is Christ that set us free. His love is only by his love that we can change. It's not by a bunch of rules and regulations that we can change. It's only through the love of, the, of Christ. And, it, and we can only see that through the lives of, you know, the Pharisees. It was all about telling everybody off and telling them how bad they were 
and um, pretending that they were all so holy, but actually they weren't because they weren't actually living it out. And people that were following the rules and regulations, but in fact their hearts weren't open to God, were they? Their hearts were actually far from God. And so God is actually after our heart. Do you know that we can sometimes, we can do all the right things and we can fool ourselves that we're so holy, but in fact our heart is actually far away from God. So God wants our heart. He actually doesn't care if we make mistakes, but he wants us to have that intimacy with him. He wants us to be open so that if he speaks into our world, we actually hear his voice and we obey that voice. We actually have that intimacy with him that we can change. So religion can't save us. As we've seen in the world right now, you know, in fact, religion is, is evil out there, you know, as you know, with um, people being killed and in all sorts of awful ways. Um, because Jesus, whom we serve, he, he is alive, you know, and he's the only God who is alive. So... You know, we can stand on that promise. We can stand on the fact that Jesus is alive and he has conquered death for us. He has made a way for us. We are on the winning side. No matter what anyone tells you, you are on the winning side. You know, you have got guaranteed, you have got a guaranteed. Who goes into a match, a football match or whatever, knowing who's going to win? Like, you've already won. So you know the outcome. That, that's so awesome to me to know that I'm on the winning side. So, it's, so Paul was saying, don't use that liberty. I look at it this way. Jesus has given me a gift. He's given me a gift of eternal life. He's given me the gift of grace and freedom in him so I can live this amazing life. But you know what? It cost him everything. It cost him everything. It was an expensive gift. So I'm actually not going to throw that gift on the ground and trample it. I'm going to take that gift and I'm going to do something with it because I value that gift because it cost him everything. And that's what I look at for my life. It's like I owe him everything because he, he died for me. So the objective is to follow him to follow him, to become more like him, to keep our eyes on Jesus as we follow, step after step we follow after him because we are set free from sin. So then in Paul says in Romans 6.1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin? So shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? You know, we've been set free and therefore we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Even though we have flesh and spirit fighting each other. It's not so easy, is it? You know, we have flesh talking to us. We have the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And we've got to choose every day who we listen to. What voice are we going to listen to? So now the other thing that um, Jesus wants us to do is to walk in love. Apostle, the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5.14, 
The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love your neighbour as yourself. Seems so simple, doesn't it? Really, really easy thing to do. (laughs) You know, we can't love anyone else if we don't love ourselves. And we can't love, we can't truly love the sacrificial love of Jesus without Jesus in our heart. It's not possible. Because without Jesus, our, our love is limited. It's limited. And generally, it's only limited to those people who we like, who we get along with. Let's be honest. You know, but the love of Jesus goes much further than that. The love of Jesus goes to our enemies. It goes to the people who tick us off. It goes to the people that hurt us, that say awful things about us. You know, it goes to all those people. So walking in love pretty self-explanatory isn't it but it's remembering to treat others always as how we would want to be treated you know would I like to be gossiped about would I like to be laughed at would I like to be isolated think about those things so Paul is encouraging them to serve each other serve one another we've got to humble ourselves and serve each other. And you know, I think that also comes down to not comparing ourselves to one another. We can be really, we can, um, I guess, a bit of a cop-out sometimes. We know we're doing something wrong and maybe someone pulls us up on it or maybe we feel convicted and the first thing out of our mouth is, yeah, but I'm doing better than them. They're doing such and such. The amount of times... I've had my kids say to me over the past, well, that's all right, such and such is doing that. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not about them, it's about you. You know, we can always compare ourselves to others, can't we? But we're actually not called to do that. We're actually called to compare ourselves to Jesus. He's our benchmark. He's our benchmark. So the word of God would change us on the inside so that we can become more like him so that we can walk in love if we don't have the love of Christ within us and we only have religion and we're not set free then we can't love other people we can't love other people truly as we should be loving them because to love like Christ is sacrificial love which means it's not about us wow it's not about us it's not about me you know, because that, the world around us right now is geared up to that, isn't it? It's all about me. I'm going to get out of a relationship, a marriage, because I'm not happy anymore. You know, because it's all about me and it's not about anyone else. You know, so we need to be very careful that we're following Jesus so that we understand what true love is. Because if we don't look at him and we look at the world, we get really confused Because love out there is not love. It's fleeting. It's when it suits me. It's when it feels good. That's not the love that I see Jesus showing us. So what is going to empower us? What is going to empower us to walk in this love? What, what, how are we going to be empowered to do this? Because it all sounds so hard, doesn't it? It all sounds so difficult. So Paul teaches us in Galatians 5 to walk in spirit. 
walk in spirit. Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Jesus left us the Holy Spirit to be and to dwell inside of us, to change us, to transform us into his likeness. He didn't leave us alone. He didn't leave us alone. You have the power within you, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. How incredible is that? The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is inside of you. If you've accepted Jesus into your life, he is living inside of you. So in Galatians 5.25, Paul says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So to me, when he's saying that, he's saying live it out. Walking is active, right? It's active. It's moving. It's doing something. Paul is saying, I want you to walk. I want you to demonstrate. It's an active, living, outworking of the Holy Spirit. So as followers of Christ, we need to learn to walk in the Spirit, not in our flesh. You know, and even the Apostle Paul struggles with this. He says, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do, you know, is this, is this inner conflict all the time that's happening inside of us? You know, these things, temptation is coming our way all the time and we're fighting this battle between our spirit and our flesh. And that's why we need to be wise about this and we need to feed our flesh. It's like exercising that muscle that gets stronger. We, if we want to get stronger, we have to feed our spirit and not feed our flesh so how do we do that because they're fighting each other all the time so it's a daily active walk Jesus told his disciples in Mark 14 38 to pray seems easy enough not so easy hey because you know why because we've got to tell our flesh to do it We've got to turn off our devices. We've got to walk away from the TV. We've got to not look around the house at all the things that need doing. We've got to, you know, um, all the stuff that we can prioritise in front of praying. Because you know why? Because the enemy knows how powerful you're going to be if you get on your knees and pray. He knows. Let's put all these distractions in front of them so that they won't pray. Jesus says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. The spirit is always willing, but the body's fighting it all the time. So you've got to tell your body what to do. You're going to go, no, I am praying. I am praying. And you've got to tell your body what to do. Our flesh can be naturally lazy, can't we? We can be naturally lazy. As anyone here that's into fitness and stuff knows, it's a mind game, isn't it? It's a mind battle. You're always fighting your mind to tell your body what to do because it's so easy to say, this is all too hard, let's just not do this. This is painful, you know, all those things. But you know that it's for your good. 
You know that it's for your good, right? So how much more should we, we be praying if we know that it empowers our spirit and it's for our good? It's for our good. It's making our spirit strong. So Jesus said to pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Praying strengthens our spirit. It builds us up on the inside because it's our connection with God. It's our connection with God. It's, it's growing us in our spirit because we have choices to make every day. Galatians 5.16 um, says, So I say, live by the spirit. Live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So if we live by the spirit... It's much harder for us to also live in flesh because our spirit is becoming stronger. So if you live by the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Because, you know, we have choices to make every day. Every day we get up, we have choices, we have temptation that comes, in, that passes in front of us every day. And so... What's, what's interesting about this is that God has given us free will. He's given us free will. So that means we have a choice to make. No one makes us. I was thinking about this the other day, you know. We can blame other people for stuff we do wrong. It tends to be a human nature. You know, even Adam blamed God for giving him Eve because she's the one who made him eat the apple. Cop out as far as I'm concerned, but anyway... <laughs> We're having this debate in the car today. So Adam blames God for giving him Eve. Come on, Adam. You made the choice. You made the choice to eat that apple. She didn't shove it in your face, you know. So it's inherent that we as humans like to blame someone else. You know, like when we get angry, well, they made me get angry. You know. So we, we do it. We all do it, don't we? But the interesting thing is, not even Satan himself can force you to do the wrong thing. Did you realise that? Not even Satan himself can force you. He can tempt you, but he can't make you. Because you have free will. You have free will. We have free will to choose. So that is why we need to we need to grow in our spirit. We need to feed our spirit so our spirit becomes strong so that we can say, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You have no place here. I'm a child of God. So no one forces us to do the wrong thing. So Paul goes on to say, what are the works of the flesh? And he lists them off. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, witchcraft, Hatred, interesting, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath, which is anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness. It's not just your top ten, is it? It's not, just, it's not just murder and that, oh, okay, I'm not a murderer, I'm fine. No, I, do you get angry? Are you selfish? Do you get jealous? They're all works of the flesh. In contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. 
the exact opposite, the exact opposite to the flesh. You know, and, and if those things, are in our, those things are in the Holy Spirit, we just need to activate them. We just need to act on them. They're there inside of us. And every time we choose, every time we choose not to act in the flesh, we are activating the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I'll give you an example. Um, it's about making a choice. I believe that everything starts with a choice. Just as your journey with Christ started with a choice, God gives us choices every day. And um, I believe that you've got to want to change bad behaviour because we can justify stuff in our lives and we all have stuff unless there's someone holy here that, you know, maybe. Um, but, you know, we all have stuff in our lives that needs to change, that needs to come under the correction of the Holy Spirit. And for me, I don't know if you've ever seen um, Father of the Bride. Anyone seen Father of the Bride, the movie? There's this moment where the father's talking to the new son-in-law and he says, yeah, I come from a long line of overreactors and my great-grandfather was an overreactor and, my, and it sort of goes down the line. When my family, um, there's a history of anger. So I inherited a bit of an anger issue. So um, that was something that was in my, in my life that I, that I struggled with. And, um, you know, when it came to playing sport, it would definitely come out. It's not good. Not good playing netball. Had to sort of give that up for a while. Um, you know, it's this uncontrollable thing that, you know, the Incredible Hulk. Well, it wasn't quite like that, but, but nearly. Um, so, but that was something that I struggled with for a very long time. And... See, I could choose to blame other people, which I did in the beginning. They made me get angry. They deserved it, da-da-da. But then it got to a point where I'm like, you know what, I want to change. I don't like this person. I don't like this angry person. And I decided that I wanted to change. So it's coming before God and saying, I want to change. I take responsibility for my actions. I don't want to be this person. And you know what? God comes in and he helps you. He helps you because he wants you to succeed. He wants you to have a humble heart before him and he'll change you. You know, and so step by step, moment by moment, and it's that choice. Every time I would start to feel this anger rising up in me, it was a choice to actually come against it. And the other thing that I did was I quoted and I spoke scripture over my life. The fruit of the Spirit. Every time I'd feel myself get angry, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. <laughs> self-control. You know, and I spoke that over my life and I spoke it over my life and I spoke it over my life and I want to tell you it took years. But every year it got less and less to the point where it wasn't controlling me anymore. It wasn't controlling me anymore. And I was able to say, you know, yeah, of course I still get angry, but it's a, it's a victory in my life and it's a process of transformation. 
It's a process of transformation that we're in. But taking the first step is the most important step, is enabling the Holy Spirit. So it's walking in spirit rather than flesh. So it's taking victory over our flesh. It's taking victory over those things that you know shouldn't be there and you're just going to come against it. So speaking the word of your God over your life is a powerful thing and I can't say this enough because I believe that you can't change without speaking the word of God over your life because you're doing it on your own strength. We can't do things in our own strength. We can try, but Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So if we line our lives up with scripture, it will be the one that judges our heart. The word of God will judge our heart and tell us where we're at. That's the best way to find out where you're at, is to speak the word of God over your, over your life. It has the power to change our heart. How amazing is that? Things that you may have struggled with for years can be changed. They can be changed. You know, I'm so sick and tired. I just have my bit of rant right now. I'm so sick and tired of people saying to me, I can't change. That's just me. That's just bull. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. It's rubbish because... If you have the power of God living inside of you, you can change. In fact, in fact, you're not on a journey with Christ if you're not changing. We should be changing daily. We should be able to look back last year and go, wow, look how much I've changed. Look at that. I did that last year. Now I don't even think about that this year. You know, how amazing is that? We're in a process of transformation and I think that's exciting. You know, the lust of the flesh feels good temporarily, doesn't it? That's why we do it. (laughs) It feels good at the time, but afterwards we feel shocking. You know, but when we activate our spirit, we feel powerful in, in Christ. We feel good. It's a bit like Superman putting on his cape, isn't it? It's like we feel amazing. It's like nothing can touch us when we're walking in his spirit. You know, and it's activating that muscle. You know, fitness people talk about activating memory muscle because it's there. It's the same as walking in, in our spirit. Walking in spirit is like activating that muscle in our life. So every time we have that choice, we have a choice to step into our spirit rather than our flesh. Like, for instance, recently I had a situation where I had, we had a bit of a, dis- it wasn't a fight or argument, it was more like a disagreement with someone and they misinterpreted what I said. So we had this discussion and then they just went blur all over me and they completely misinterpreted what I said. And so I listened and went, well, that's actually not what I meant, but blah, 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 and went away and then I went home and I'm thinking about this thing and I'm going, I was right and I'm going to say this, this and this and I'm going to ring them up and I'm, I had, you know how everything sounds really good in your head and I'm going to say this and then when they say this, I'm going to say, well, this and, 
And I was going in my head and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, no, I don't want you to do it. I'm like, no, but it's not fair. Like I was so, you know, they were in the wrong and I'm going to tell them that and da-da-da-da. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me again and said, let it go. I'm like, I took a deep breath. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to let it go. You know, I fought with that thing, but once I let it go, I felt so good about it. I felt, wow, I was able to do that. And I know that if I'd made that decision to do what I planned in my head, the outcome would not have been good. So, and I would have felt more terrible afterwards because who knows at a moment of what you think is the right thing can be really bad afterwards. And you're wishing that you'd never open your mouth and never let that come out. So, so walking in spirit is making that choice every day. I'm going to exercise that muscle. I'm going to walk in spirit and not in flesh. I'm going to make that choice. I'm going to surround myself with good people that are going to encourage me. They're not going to encourage me to do the wrong thing. They're actually going to encourage me to do the right thing. So we need the, uh, to allow the Holy Spirit into our life every day to access every part of our heart, every part of our life, so that we're not keeping parts from him that we want to keep to ourselves. Because you know there those those things there that we want to hang on to? You know, there really is, so we can all do that. So is allowing the Holy Spirit free access. You know, Jesus gives us the power to overcome, doesn't he? He gives us the power. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, um, Jesus speaks to Paul when he's asking for a thorn in his flesh to be removed. Sometimes we have stuff in our life that we just want to get rid of, but Jesus just wants you to rise above it. And he says here to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. You know, you don't know what God is going to do with your weakness. He's going to work his power through your weakness. So that is awesome to God, to God's glory that he will work through your weakness. And then Paul goes on to say, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may dwell on me. You know, weaknesses is a good thing because we rely on him. We rely on Jesus. You know, the good news for each one of us here today is that we're being transformed daily by the power of Christ. So my encouragement to you today is keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking in freedom that he's given you. Keep walking in the love that he's given you and keep walking in the spirit that he's given you. Because it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. So we are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. We've been transformed to be like him. I think that's exciting news, that we don't have to stay the same, that he's given us this amazing life. He's given us his best, the best life that we can possibly have. 
and he wants the very best for us and he's in the transforming business. You know, he took those disciples, you know, people wouldn't have picked them but he picked them. He's picked each one of us. I wouldn't have picked me but he picked me. You know, Jesus just transforms us. He can see inside of you what you can't see and he believes in you and he can take a bunch of 12 guys and, and change the world. He can take us and do the same thing. Let's just um, pray this morning. If I can have the band, that'd be great. You know, t- today is an opportunity. Today is an opportunity for us all to change. Maybe there's things this morning that you've been battling with. Maybe there's stuff that you feel has overcome you in your life, but today is your day. Today's the day to say, no longer, no longer am I going to battle this thing anymore, you know, because Jesus has defeated it on the cross for you this morning. He's defeated it. Thank you, God. So today is your opportunity. So if anyone here this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity if you just lift up your hand so I can see is anyone here this morning that says you know I want to um, conquer this thing in my life you know I want to be take that next step and be transformed this morning so if you just like to indicate that and I'm going to pray for you this morning awesome that's fantastic you know there's no shame because we all have stuff in our world. We all have stuff in our world and Jesus loves, he loves for you to come with a humble heart before him. He can work with a humble heart. And the other um, call this morning is an opportunity for you to take that first step in following Christ. If there is anyone here this morning that has never asked Jesus into your life, that you've never taken that first step in following him. Today is your day. So I can tell you right now that he will change your life and it'll be the best decision that you've ever made. I made that decision at 16 and my life changed and I've never looked back. So if there's anyone here this morning, if you just lift up your hand and we'll pray for you as well. I'll pray for you. In this place. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you transform us. Thank you, God, that you don't leave us as we are. Mighty God, touch your people. God, we just pray right now for every single person here. God, they will feel your love. They'll know the power of your Holy Spirit as they walk after you as they walk as disciples, as followers of you every day, they make that choice to follow after you, to follow after your heart. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.